This is Spilled Ink. So I draw the wave out, and she goes, what about that dot? And I said, what dot? And she goes, there. And I told her, I said, that's the girl's beauty ball in the picture. <laughs> it was a girl's mole. It was like a little mole. She wanted this so exact that she wanted the mole next to the wave. Welcome to the very first episode of Spilled Ink. I'm here with Joe Maldonado. Hey, Joe. Hey, how's it going, man? <laughs> Joe's been tattooing for the past eight years and owns his shop called Tempted Ink in Brooklyn, New York. He's been my mentor for the past five years. I apprenticed under him for a year, and we've been tattooing together since 2014. Well, not only am I your mentor, but I am your brother. You are my, bro- you are my brother, is right. So, so it's, uh, it's a very special first episode. Yeah. And a lot of the topics we'll be covering today is stuff that we've talked about in depth pretty much all the time. Joe, if you want to just tell us a little about yourself, like how you got into the world of art and transitioned into tattooing for you. Yeah, so, I mean, I started drawing. Obviously, you know this story better than anybody knows this story because you've lived through it with me. You know, we grew up drawing together and being very creative. Yeah. We actually we started off copying the Yankees versus Mets World Series. I had these caricatures of each player. Yeah. I think I was 11 and you were 13. Yeah. I mean, we were drawing before then, too. You know, arts and crafts class in school. And people would always, like, call us to do, like, projects and stuff and help with, like, Sweet 16s and invitations, lettering. So we were always, like, very involved in, in art and surrounded by it. We're a pretty creative duo. I mean, you know what it is? It's not really like a lot of people say, like, oh, your parents must have been, like, artists and whatever. And that, I mean, it wasn't the case. You know, we just kind of pushed each other to do it, I guess you could say. Right. So, I mean, I always started drawing and I always wanted to get into tattooing. It was just something that always interested me. It's, It's something that people outside of the industry look at as, like, this untouchable profession. Right. You know, just like, how are you going to get into it? And how did you learn? And how did you start? Yeah, I think that's the biggest question that everybody asks us is like, oh, what made you start tattooing? Yeah. And it's not like I, you know, woke up one day and said, oh, I want to be a tattoo artist. It kind of just progressed and, and happened. I always knew that I was interested in it. I was always getting tattooed. You know, the process just kind of seemed natural to translate from drawing to just getting tattooed. And being around different shops, I mean, I've gotten tattooed in nine, ten different shops before I even started tattooing myself. Right. So what what would you think was like the turning point of like, okay, this is what I want to do? And Well, it kind of just started off naturally. Um, I remember specifically delivering pizza for a spot on the avenue that we now tattoo in. There actually wasn't any tattoo shops on that avenue at the time, so... I said to myself, I was 18 years old, just making money, delivering pizza. And I said, you know, I want to have like the first tattoo shop on 13th Avenue. You know, the process of that kind of just drawing and drawing tattoos for other people, having them bring stencils in to other tattoo artists. One of my first ever tattoo drawings was actually for a friend of mine's girlfriend. And I specifically remember like faxing it over or something. (laughs) this is how long ago that is right it was on like a piece of loose leaf and it was faxed over to staten island and the guy that did it did a terrible job but i also think i did a terrible drawing (laughs) so yeah it's tough when you're drawing something for somebody else that's permanent 
Well, yes, especially not knowing the process of tattooing, like what goes into it. So, you know, I always wanted to open up that shop mm-hmm. and ended up going to music school, again, staying on the creative side. Uh, found myself kind of wrestling between music end, the art end, and then at the time, my tattoo artist was like, oh, I remember you you draw, you draw pretty well, right. you want to learn? And I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll learn, I didn't. I didn't think anything was going to come of it. Yeah, but you just you just put yourself out there. Right. So I just, I kind of spent, I want to say about a year, a year and a half, five days a week, 12 hours a day in that tattoo shop, just drawing circles, letters, running stencils, cleaning, getting coffee, and eventually it paid off. I mean, it, it also helps too that we, we opened the shop too in the neighborhood that we were born and raised in. So we had a lot of friends and and stuff like that who pretty much were right. interested and they you know they helped us off too a lot because in the beginning it's hard to get customers and well that was a big right right that was a big part of it people throughout the years from high school grammar school always knew that we were creative and we drew so finding people to practice on and give free tattoos to wasn't really an issue right and that's kind of how you build a clientele you know do you remember your first tattoo or no I, I definitely remember my first one. <laughs> it was on, well, my now wife, one of her best friend's mothers. Mm-hmm. It was a very small star with eyelashes. It was probably a tattoo for those that know the tattoo world and needles and all that kind of detail. It was probably a tattoo that I should have used either a single needle or a three round liner. Mm-hmm. And I was using like a fat five round liner. <laughs> but the best part about it was that she didn't know that this was like my first real tattoo until after it was done. Really? So it was kind of shocking to her to real. I mean, she wasn't mad about it. I did a pretty good job. Right. I, I still see it pretty regularly. So it looks good. I, I mean, I'd probably go back and recolor it or something, but for the time, that's funny. So now that we're on, uh, Oh, crazy stories. What's like the worst tattoo you think you've ever done or like the worst client? Uh, I mean, I wouldn't say like any tattoo is like the worst as far as design or concept. I think that people are entitled to, you know, their own creative ideas. And I feel like our job is, is to take their crazy ideas and kind of just put them together in an organized mess. Yeah, well, cause it's a lot of people, they they don't really understand the process unless you've no, been getting tattooed, you know, for a while. So, like, people could come in with something from Instagram and say, oh, I want this, and I want it to be, like, the size right, of a quarter. Right. And-, and as far as, like, worst tattoo, I, I can't say that there was, like, a specific one that stands out. I mean, I've seen, you know, a couple bad tattoos done, like, to customers that have come in that I've had to kind of rework. Um, of course you always you always see the ones like from the beginning that like helped you out and you're just like wow I do things completely different no yeah that of course but no I'm saying tattoos that other people have done and have come into the shop and like they've shown me and said hey could you fix this and I could be like wow that was that's the worst tattoo I've ever seen I won't (laughs) say that to them obviously (laughs) right um but yeah, I mean, clients too. I wouldn't say that was like a worse client. Um, 
I had some some hygiene issues with clients. And tell uh, tell me more about that. I mean, I probably know the story, but yeah, I mean, you definitely don't. know the story. <laughs> but for the people out there who don't know the story, well, for the people out there who want to come get tattooed, please just make sure, like, you, <laughs> you take a shower. Very good. You get a tattoo on your arm. Wear a little deodorant. Right. You know what I mean? Like just. The basics of hygiene. You're getting in a, a hip area, just like kind right, of spruce it up, baby little, wipe at the very least. pH wipe. <laughs> Shoot some gum. <laughs> so let, let's kind of like branch off on that. So okay. what what um, do you think that people should know? Like, Well, let's go back to, let's say like, let's go back to, let's say like the rules. Like, so if you're coming in for a tattoo first time, obviously very important. Don't drink the night before. Try and get a good night's sleep. Make sure you eat before you come. Uh, the hygiene issues, we kind of just touched on those. Just, you know, be respectful. Be like a functioning member of society. <laughs> kind of helps. Right. You know? Right. But a lot of it has to do with nerves, and, and people tend to make it a little bit worse than it is. In eight years, I've probably seen five people that really couldn't handle it. Like, to the point where there were tears, to the point where there were screams. So yeah, it's it's a bearable pain. Um, yeah, people work it up a lot more than they should. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, today, as far as going back to what you said with um, social media and, and Photoshop and all that, that just kind of touches on tempering expectations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's it's really interesting to see to get an artist's perspective from this because obviously people they don't usually get that end of the spectrum. Yeah, there's just there's so many things out there now as far as photo editing and um, you know Photoshop. enhancing your colors and uh, you know just back to kind of like the basics of tattooing. Everybody's different, so. There's hundreds of different inks. There's hundreds of different types of skin and pigments and methods. So not every artist tattoos exactly the same. Right. Not every artist has the same exact style. So if someone comes in and brings me something that's not mine, it's not going to look exactly like that photo when it's done. Right. And that's what people usually think they want. Just like, okay, I want this exact thing exactly yeah. how I see it. It happens a lot with like, bigger pieces so like for example uh someone will come in with a picture of a half sleeve of let's say an angel with a dove and a rose and they'll say yeah this is what i want so the way i kind of tackle that is i'm up front like right off the bat and i'll say i'm not going to give you this exact tattoo because this belongs to someone else right i'm not going to be able to replicate that identically because i didn't do it Mm -hmm. i didn't take the picture i didn't have the perfect lighting i didn't you know position the client you also didn't know what the artist was going for because he had his own concept in mind too so going back to those concepts of dove rose angel i would say well here's an example of an angel i would use a dove i would use and a rose and then kind of just you know collage that together compose a piece based on that piece. So anything that customers kind of bring me is more of a reference than a duplicate. As well it should be. Yeah. Right. Because then you have to position it on their body. They could have different, you know, 
curves of their body or you know someone's shoulder couldn't be as round or their bicep could be more pronounced right like, right this is what a lot of people don't know mm -hmm. and like the area from one part of your skin to another could be completely different also well anyone that's really in anyone that's really not in the industry every day doesn't really know the ins and outs or the pro like you know a lot of people that i speak to about it they're like oh wow you tattoo like that's so cool like and then there's some people that like think they could do it like tomorrow mm -hmm. so it's not something that and you could see it now right like amazon selling tattoo machines like you could oh, they sell the kits for like 40 yeah, bucks yeah you buy a machine online for like forty dollars. Your friend buys it. They're in the kitchen. The kitchen magicians <laughs> scarring people up. Yeah, they destroy people. And it's it's just like yeah, like you can't, you know, like you can't just do it. It's not that yeah. easy. The best is I love the people who come in and they're like, oh, uh, I want a sleeve. How much for that? Oh uh, yeah, it's the best. Or it's like, oh hey, I got this sleeve for forty dollars from my friend in his basement. I'm like, well, I can tell you got it for forty dollars <laughs> in your friend's basement because it looks like shit. Because you have gangrene. <laughs> I mean, pricing is is based on an artist's discretion anyway. Um, right, but you get what you pay for. Yeah, that's much. pretty much what it is. You get what you pay for, obviously. Right. It's just that you kind of can't compare. So. You know, you'll always get those people that come in and they want a break or they want a discount. I feel like nowadays it's not like that just because after doing it for a certain amount of time, people kind of, it's a word of mouth thing, you know, so the people mm -hmm. that are, are going to come to get tattooed by me, like know the routine already through their right. friends, word of mouth, you know, I'm very like um, laid back when it comes to talking with clients, so. I have an open line of communication, whether it's text messaging, email, you know, send me your references, any questions. And just paying attention like that first time of right. like the process your artist goes through and just remembering certain things of what he says and like how to mm -hmm. be like better prepared. That really, that helps in, you know, a better tattoo also, I think. Yeah, of course. Oh, well, some, some guys will do like, I know you do some consultations sometimes. You don't do them for every tattoo. Right. Same, same here. It's not like every single tattoo kind of warrants a consultation. I think more in the beginning it was like that because our nerves had a lot to do with it. Like, mm -hmm. you know, that rush that you get when you're right. tattooing somebody new that you don't know them and they don't know anybody that you know when you want to do a good job. But after a while, that just kind of dissipates. Right, and it depends on, like you said, it depends on the piece. If it's this huge, intricate sleeve that you're going to be doing, you probably want to consult and like see how you're going to construct no, it. No, yeah, no. But course. if it's like a little like quote or something like that, like you could just come in and and get it. Yeah, it's, absolutely. I mean, half sleeves and stuff. Like if it's a huge black piece, you know, that's why I think technology now has been like really useful mm -hmm. in showing clients. Uh, what they're looking at before they get it and in particular like we use the ipad pro and procreate so best. you know being able to take a picture of someone's arm or back and like kind of drawing on it or or piecing together a couple images to show them and it also saves a lot of time too because a lot of guys argue about this because they're like the old school guys who want you know should draw everything this and that right but like it saves a lot of time and people you know, you don't want to have like a 45 minute to an hour consultation. 
Like no. you could take a picture, construct everything, and show it to him within minutes. Right. My so, whole thing is is I was always very good at like kind of tracing things perfect, especially at a young age. And you know, even when I first started apprenticing, it was always just like trace, trace, trace. Get your hand used to those motions and the weight of the machine and you know, pulling off letters, lettering and things off Google and just trace, trace, trace. But even so nowadays I feel like tracing has made me a better drawer. If that makes right. sense. In the beginning, of course, you have to get used to the technicality of everything and then you develop your style from there. Right. Well, I'm just saying strictly like drawing, you know, right. on a piece right. of paper. Uh, I want to say when I first started, I couldn't draw a rose off the top of my head. But now drawing them, tattooing them, tracing them, hundreds mm -hmm. and hundreds and hundreds, I'm a better drawer. I could draw a rose with my eyes closed. So it has its benefits. Of course. And then you understand, like, as you go on, like, lighting, color theory, like, that just comes with time also right. and just experimenting. But in the beginning, it's it's the toughest, I would say. I mean, you learn from your mentor, obviously, but yeah. then you just start picking up your own little nuances, and that's how you develop your style. But I think even a style develops over, like... It's got to develop over years. Because I yeah. honestly don't even feel like I have a specific style. And I think that's just because of the type of shop that we have that we're in. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't really turn away a lot of tattoos. If it's new school, I'll do it. If it's traditional, I'll try it. Well, yeah, go more in about that because like we're obviously from Brooklyn. We're from a city. How is it like compared to other shops that you've seen or like how is the Brooklyn shop different? Well, I mean, around our area, there's shops that do straight traditional. There's shops and artists that do strictly Japanese and black and gray and i feel like we're one of the only shops that do it all and i don't think that it necessarily means that we don't have a style i just think that it's a versatility thing like how would you explain your style but i i kind of i see it every day i would say it's more like a clean like you could break down style like you could break down music like there's an endless possibility of like pigeonholing it right so let's say for example you have like pop rock punk rock indie rock pop punk rock like you know what i'm saying rock right there's different like subcategories of too, course certain, so yeah. if i was gonna pigeonhole one thing if i had to say like if it was like a banner over my head you know <laughs> or like in the shop like i would probably say illustrative black and gray realism is what i like to do the most yeah that i would i would agree with that yeah it's just black and gray with bold lines i'm not afraid to use bold lines i'm not afraid to use line work where people wouldn't like yeah, a and, like a black and gray rose let's say i'll throw lines in there even if it's supposed to look realistic so it's kind of like an illustrative style right well, i think that today a lot of people are a lot less concerned also with a certain style rather than getting the cleanest best tattoo right so well that's because of instagram and pinterest and facebook <laughs> yeah and then we get back into the whole photoshop thing because i could do a tattoo and take a blurry picture or it's not super clean and i could bump up the sharpness and bump up the saturation i mean i haven't personally done that but it goes back to like this tattoo i did once where 
I had this girl come in and she was as white as paper and she got this really colorful mandala and I took a really good picture. I'm not going to lie. took a great angle, great lighting (laughs) and I posted it. I got a lot of likes on it, a lot of shares, but I had someone else come in, let's say a year later and they say, I want this and their skin tone is not as white as a piece of paper. Mm -hmm. I don't even think I carried the same ink that I used. (laughs) That's how far apart it was. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it's tough trying to get people to understand that because like, people come in too and they'll, they'll show us pictures of digital photos on people's skin and be yeah. like, this is what I want. Right. I had a girl, I had a girl one time ask me, it was a very tiny tattoo on someone's rib that she pulled off Pinterest. And it was just like a simple wave. And she's like, I want this. I want it exactly like this. Exact. Mm-hmm. It was one line. You know what I mean? I'm like, all right, I'll right. give you the the wave. So I draw the wave out and she goes, what about that dot? And I said, what dot? And she goes there. And I told her, I said, that's the girl's beauty box in the picture. <laughs> it was a girl's mole. It was like a little mole. She wanted this <laughs> so exact that she wanted the mole next to the wave. And then that's she like, like, she was like, ha ha ha. Oh no, I don't want that. Yeah. That's like the guy who tattooed the nipple in the, uh, Oh yeah, the Avengers. Oh no, it was a DC. It was DC. It was like the Joker and the Penguin, and like a nipple <laughs> on this dude's back. No, it was he put it on his arm? He put was the sleeve it? on his arm, and he tattooed the guy's nipple from the photo reference on the guy's arm. It. Maybe you can find it and put like a link. It was hilarious. If I find it, I'm definitely putting yeah, it. Yeah, that's funny. That's a good one. I don't think that people bringing pictures and stuff in is like a main problem that we have. Right? Like, what would you say is your biggest problem? What, when people come in with their photos? No, just in general. Like, let's say you get a new customer and, like, what kind of grinds your gears to where you're like, oh, man, like, not this guy. Or, like, I think more so people who people who come in and they don't know what they want. That's yes. probably the number one problem. They're like, oh, I want a tattoo. Okay, what do you want? Uh, I don't know. Well, you're the artist. You, you tell me. <laughs> I'm like, well, that's step one. Literally. I feel like I have a very default answer. When that happens, I'm always like, well, I could put a unicorn on you. And I don't know why. Yeah, it doesn't matter what I want. I'll put fucking anything on you. Yeah, like I don't have to live with it. Right. I think those are the types that just kind of want to get it just to say they got it. But then I also feel like those are the types that will be like, really, a hundred bucks? Yeah, those are the hype people who like, exactly what you said. They just want it to be cool and like there's no real thought into it. and They don't really know the price. They didn't do their research. Yeah. And they'll be like, oh, uh, well, got any deals going on? Yeah, I would probably <laughs> say it's... <laughs> <laughs> you got any deals? <laughs> I mean, I'd probably say uh, if I had like a biggest pet peeve, it would, it would be customers who are constantly checking in on the drawing. Yes. Did you draw it yet? You got anything? Do you have a sketch? Yeah, and then you send it to them, and they want something completely, like a whole part completely right. different than what you'd originally talked about. I haven't had to really change much on a lot of stencils. I mean, maybe in the beginning, but I can't really remember. But I'm at the point now, I feel like, where my process is have a quick little conversation, figure out what they want. You know, I'll do like a rough sketch first as right. far as like layout. 
and then I'll send them that. So then anything I send them after that is awesome because they saw like this really rough sketch. Right. Um, and then you just get like the sign off on that. But I don't think that people understand how much drawing time goes into, you know, tattooing. Right. They think that you're at their beck and call whenever they want. Right. I could compare it to like a barber, right? Like a barber really doesn't have to do any preparations when they're cutting someone's hair. They walk in, they cut their hair, they leave. On our end, it's like we need at least two hours to draw your tattoo. Concept, yeah, design. Let's say even the time spent talking to them prior. Yeah. So it would be a conversation, get your ideas, get some sort of layout done. I mean, and and this is all going on in our head too, right? Like visualizing someone's arm with something on it and where things are going to kind of sit and lay. Yeah, as as we're talking to them. As we're talking to them, like to see if it's even going to work. And then they go home and we stay up till 12, 1, 2 in the morning drawing something out for them, Mm -hmm. sends it to them, get some feedback. Yes, no, change this, don't change it. So like this is all time that like we need to balance. A lot of artists too, they don't even send the photo. No. They'll just be like, I'm going to draw it up, and then when you come in, yeah, if you yeah. like it, you get it. If you don't, we'll change a little bit here and there, but if you have to change the whole thing, then you're coming back and you lose your deposit. Right, you're going to set a new appointment with a new deposit. I mean, I wish one day I could get to that point. I feel like I kind of, I know what it was like to get tattooed, so it's it's like I know what it was like to want something and either kind of not have the money or I was unsure, so I kind of like to work with people. A little bit more than maybe I should. Like, I'm very attentive when it comes to that. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of artists, they'll lose touch. Even, like, getting questions ready for this podcast and stuff like that, I feel like it was coming so much from an artist perspective that we almost forget what it's like to be the client and ask those questions and not be prepared or, like, what I should expect. Like, we lost that already. Well, no, of course. It's something that I always think about, though. It kind of keeps me grounded a little bit to where... I was in their position. I was in their shoes. I remember walking into a shop that I knew nobody and just getting like nervous or anxious. So I remember that feeling, like I said, to keep keep myself grounded and more relatable, right? So I don't really come off as like the artist. It's kind of coming off more as like your friend. It sounds corny, right? I mean, that's like any profession though. You get so used to doing it that people, you know, lose sight of what they're actually doing. Yeah. It sounds, it does. It sounds corny. There's a lot of ego involved when it comes to that. Like I, I've experienced it. I've heard stories about it. Just walking into places. I mean, I've seen it also with prior artists that I worked with. Just the ego is a killer. It's yeah. putting people down and making people feel uncomfortable. And that was just something that I always said I would never do. Yeah, and that's just what's shaping business today. Because like you still have like a handful of those old school guys who still think like that. But there's so many new people coming in that you have to treat it more as a business. Right. And, as, you know, it's an upscale business because you're spending so much money there and so much well, think time. Well, think about what you said, those old school guys and those old school shops. They've been doing it for 25, 30 years. Right. After a yeah, while, it's like... We're babies compared to that. <laughs> your fucking patience is done. That's it's true. It's like, all right, enough is enough. The crowd that they had to deal with also was... Right, the times are different. It was illegal. Right, it was just like drunk people, high people, and and that's another thing. Everything's changing. Laws are changing. It's becoming 
a much more medical practice. Right. Well, it's becoming more of a like specialty craft rather than like a stigmatized thing. Or it's like you want it to be clean, you want it to be sterile, you want it to be safe. Well, safety is the number one of course. out of anything because like obviously tattoo shops back in the day you walk in like it was like for gangsters or sailors and it's like a certain crowd that came criminals along. yeah criminals well now in 2019 everyone's got them and it's funny because sometimes people just come and be like oh i want a hand tattoo i'm like you don't have any <laughs> like, i'm not tattooing your hand so some of those principles like and it's weird because i i've never really like learn that i've never i was never taught like don't tattoo someone's hands it's just something that is instilled in me like just from being around the industry and seeing the industry and i and maybe that's just because of like you have to earn it kind of thing right well it's more of an ethical ethical thing too like if you're 17 and you want your hand tattooed for your first tattoo like wait a few years well no i've actually turned one of those down before a kid came in he was 18 he's like i want to get my hand tattooed i was like well, you're not getting it done here. And he said, really? And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I'm not going to ruin your life. <laughs> so he went somewhere else and he got it done. And then he asked me to fix it. And I said, no. Those are the best. Yeah. <laughs> Those it's kind of like I told you so. But then like other guys will think about it. and They'll be like, what the fuck? Like you could have made like 600 bucks off that kid. But like, I'm not in it to make 600 bucks off an 18 year old kid. And never have him get a job. I want right. to do the right thing. You want to do the right thing. Well, it's also a learning experience for him too, because yeah, but I'm not the one to give him the learning experience. <laughs> well, exactly. Well, you didn't. He came back to you and learned a hard lesson. Of course, but still, I shouldn't be the one to be like, "Hey, man, don't get your hand tattooed." Like nine times out of ten, some might have done that and been like, "Yeah, I'll tattoo your hand, no problem." Yeah, or you could suggest a different spot, but if they're like hard on that yeah, spot, then it's like, true. "All right, we're not seeing eye to eye." That's true. I just can't put my head on the pillow and like be okay with that. And yeah, like you said, it's a moral thing. It's an ethics, but right. it's it's something that like I'll I'll be the first one to talk somebody out of a tattoo. I was gonna say, how do you deal with those people who like you don't really see eye to eye with, or if something's really not working? Uh, I would say that if I was having difficulty with placement, at the end of the day, if the idea is solid and the drawing's good, I'll do it. The placement. You know, it doesn't bother me. Yeah, you can make it work. Right. The concept really is something that I would have to get right. I, I really like to be prepared. So even in the beginning, in the process of tattooing, when I first started, I always like to have the drawing ready for when someone came in rather than drawing for them while they were sitting there. Right. I'll feel I'll feel very rushed if I have a client sitting next to me while I'm drawing the tattoo that they're going to get in 15 minutes. Right. So... When it comes to that, I like to have that tattoo design already printed, maybe even sometimes stenciled, ready to go. So I know there's not going to be any discrepancies with design once they come in. Right. And I'm the same way, obviously, because I had learned that from you. Right. And it just makes it just makes it a lot easier. Well, because it's smoother on the client. And it's exactly. better for us. And it, saves, to be it saves you time. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It saves time in the end. It allows you to think about things that are more important to making that tattoo better right. rather than like, okay, this guy's just staring me down. I got to get this on his skin. Like it's, yeah, it, you're right. It's all about like the process and the, the concept, right. which I think a lot of people rush. They'll rush that and you can't. Think about, think about like a dentist. You go to the dentist and like he just starts to work on your teeth. 
You know, like that guy's probably frazzled. He doesn't know what your mouth looks like. He doesn't know like what problems he's going to have. That's why you go to the dentist and like you sit down, you meet the guy, you hang out, you have a consultation, he takes a look, takes x-rays. Mm-hmm. And then the next time you come in, it's a smooth process. You know what you're getting. He knows what he's getting into. You've had a consultation with a dentist? Well, no. Oh, like, and came back. Prob- <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess. Right? <laughs> That was a bad analogy. Yeah, well, well, something. Yeah, well, no. Well, braces is a different thing because it's a more specialized, you know. Okay. Yeah. Th- that's even creative in itself too. Yeah. So for a creative process, I would 100 percent agree mm-hmm. with that. I mean, I'm not comparing tattooing to dentistry by any means. <laughs> Probably the sterilization aspect of it is the only thing that they have in common. Right. But just the the client like feeling comfortable. That's one. That's another. Oh, I'm not even gonna make the another dentist analogy it's a terrible idea <laughs> but just making people feel comfortable that's really the main concern you know you right you do good business at the end of the day the client's happy they go home they show their friends their friends come in then they're happy and it's just it's a snowball effect yeah that goes for someone who has a million tattoos or someone who has no tattoos right. like you're going to be treated the exact same way yeah Especially if you have a bunch of tattoos and I didn't do any of them. Like, it's your first time with me. Right. So, like, this is my process and this is how we're going to get the best tattoo. Because probably some of those tattoos you have a shitty, maybe, you know? Yeah. But everybody's got their own approach. I like the first timer for certain reasons and I like the hundredth timer for certain reasons. I'll tell you why, like, really quickly. Like, the first timer is the best because they don't know anything else. So right off the bat, if you show them like um, good manners and you're respectful and you just ease them through the process, talk them through every step, show them the needles, you know, this does this and this does that, like they feel comfortable. So they'll get that little tattoo. They'll feel awesome. They won't feel anxious or nervous or shy. And then they'll come back. Yeah. It's like a relationship. Exactly. If you have a shitty boyfriend or a shitty first girlfriend, right. like you're going to take that into the next one. And then they'll tell their friend and they'll probably come back in with their friend because that's the best feeling too, right? When you got, you're like, oh, I got my tattoo guy. You know, yeah. like, oh, I got my guy. Come with me. And then like you bring them in and like everyone's laughing and having a good time. Yeah. And that's what it's about. That's what businesses are losing sight of too. It's more of an experience right. that we're selling also. Very true. Which people don't, you know. Well, that could bring me to the guy that has the hundred tattoos because that's another, you know, I kind of like that client also because that client might have a hundred tattoos from 20 different guys, but I know that the one I'm going to put on him is going to be his new favorite one, right? right? The next tattoo that you get is always your, your favorite. Mm hmm. So, so having that relationship and sharing stories with him about other artists and the process and then giving him like a really good tattoo that he's proud of and he leaves with. Now he's your guy. Right. So those are the best, those are the best clients, I think. Well, the best clients are the ones that don't complain. (laughs) Obviously (laughs) the quiet ones, (laughs) they just let me do my job, but that's what I'm kind of seeing more. Not people that are like, I'm not seeing like quiet mute people more and more i'm just seeing a lot more trust from people right well you build that up with the consultation and you know building that rapport you just you build it up with your reputation and how you treat people and you know how we were raised and and just 
you know, being a good person. It's, it's really not difficult to do. True. At the end of the day, like you said, we're selling an experience and people want to feel comfortable walking through the doors of a tattoo shop. They don't want to feel like there's, you know, junkies outside or shootings down the block. You know what I'm saying? Right. They want to be safe. Yeah. They want to be safe. They want to feel respected, especially, you know, females that come in. They don't want to. And they want a good tattoo. Exposed. Right. And they want a good tattoo. At the end of the day, that's it. They want a good tattoo. So we've touched on a bunch of the tattooing end of it. So a lot of tattoo artists, like their lives are unknown. What do you do outside of tattooing? Because a lot of people think that your sole job is just to be there for them whenever they need. No, of course, that's a big thing. And (laughs) you notice it more at like bars and stuff when you're like, hey, oh, what do you do? And like, I'm a tattoo artist. I'm like, oh, you're a tattoo artist? Like, let me show you what I'm going to get. Yeah. Like, Yeah, the fake consultation. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, what do you think of this? (laughs) Like, yo, could you get me in like Friday? And I'm like, I'm not working right now. <laughs> so like I I would say outside of it, like a typical day for me and it was just like, you know, a normal person's day, brushing my teeth, taking a piss. <laughs> and like I'm a normal person. Uh and then I'll just like, you know, check texts, emails, do a little drawing, make sure I'm prepared for the day. Sometimes I'm prepared for the week. Like, you know, on my days off, I'll draw for the entire week. Um, but you know, outside of just work, I guess I would say playing drums and stuff, just again, staying creative, scrolling through Instagram. Yeah. I'm not as, <laughs> as active as I'd like to be. I think that's kind of going to be a resolution for me. Well, you're one of the, you're one of the only people I know, like who doesn't use Facebook anymore. Uh, we only have a page, a Facebook page, but you don't have a profile. No, no profile. I just got tired of the politics, but that's for another podcast. <laughs> so so who who on your instagram feed are you influenced by today or who you're following i don't even know i feel like it's just so so many instagram has become the tattoo artist portfolio you don't walk into a shop mm-hmm. anymore and flip through a book you know you'll be like oh check out my instagram or the person that's in there has already seen the instagram so i feel like it's not saturated but it's everywhere Right. So, so you're not follow you're not following anyone specifically. Uh, well, it's just like I mean, I follow a lot of guys. Destroy Troy is a guy that I follow. Obviously, Nico Hurtado is one of the main guys that got me into it. Just seeing his stuff. Yeah, Jun Cha is another one, really good black and gray artist that I would see his tattoos and be like, "How is that even possible?" And I've actually had people bring me his tattoos and say, "Hey, you think you could do this?" And I'm like, "No." <laughs> No, no, I can't do that because I'm not you, John. <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah, Roman, uh, a lot of older guys, Freddie Negretti and Oliver Peck and all them. But I don't have a specific guy where I'm like, that's the guy. It's, it's always bouncing around. There's always like a new artist that I like every week or month. It just depends how you're feeling, really. Yeah, it's, and that's just... And, like, what, you, what you're into and what you're trying out. Or, actually, believe it or not, it has a lot to do with what I have lined up for the week. I remember a specific artist. Um, his name is Ryan the Scientist Smith. And he mm-hmm. does a lot of, like, ornamental filigree roses. So, he'll do, like, this big blast of, like, a full-color rose with, like, these heavy black ornamental designs beads drapery and that was a good time like for two months where that was a style that like 
all these girls came into the shop like, oh, I want a leg piece. Or, oh, I want this on my back. And like they would show me very similar designs, a lot of like henna style. Mm-hmm. And I really got into his Instagram page because I would pull ideas from pieces that he's done and incorporate them into those new pieces that I was working on for the month. So I would say it's it's more of an inspiration. Yeah. That's the good aspect of social media. Right. It's definitely an inspiration. Where some people use it as a tracing pad. Right. Well, those are usually like your newer guys who are just starting out too. Everyone's got to start somewhere. No, of course. You know? But don't do it on like someone's skin. Like That's do it on too. a piece of paper and just like practice or some fake skin or some pig skin. Like to rip somebody off completely is... It's stealing. <laughs> well, is it stealing? But then, but then again, But then again, the internet is the new flash. So yeah, but I feel like once you put it online, it's it's not yours. It's not anymore. yours. Anymore. Yeah, I agree. There'll be a lot of people who disagree with this, but unless you literally have it copyrighted, and that's why photographers copyright their pictures, right? On even on but, Instagram. But that's the thing too. If a guy in Germany is doing those tattoos, I'm probably never going to go out to Germany and get tattooed by him. So I'd want my local artist to be able to, you know, do that as best as he can in his own style of course but that's the difference a lot of guys get too butthurt when it comes to that yeah we're in 2019 soon to be 2020 i mean i wish you know i hope one day somebody copies my shit that'd be great (laughs) that's like the ultimate compliment to me i agree you know i agree what's what's that saying like uh imitations ultimate flattery or something i don't even know yeah you're right Listen, you could you could get by like because there's so much out there today that you could get by like doing a bunch of I'll I'll call it internet flash mm-hmm. if you for lack of a better term, but you could get by doing that. And there's just so many people who want to get tattooed and so many artists out there that it's you know it's easier. Some people would say to not have to create it where it's almost in front of you. Like this is we, we've had conversations about this before. That's another thing that I hate when people bring me in pictures of tattoos. Right, And they say, I want this tattoo. So, no, first of all. (laughs) Second of all, if you want a tattoo of a rose, it's just as easy for them to go on Google Images and pull up a picture of a real rose or go to a botanical garden or look in their neighbor's yard and take a picture of a rose. It happens all the time, especially with animal portraits where... They'll bring me a picture of a lion tattoo and say, I want this lion. And I say, no, just like, I don't say it straight out like, no. I'm like, oh, that's cool, you know, but I would really like to see a picture of an actual lion. It helps yeah. me with the detail of it because I could get a really high quality photo of a lion in nature mm-hmm. or a portrait of a lion and kind of incorporate the style of the tattoo that they're showing me while putting your own spin on it, which right. is the most important because you're not going to replicate that image in nature either. So it's, it's just a better tattoo in the style of the artist that you're going to. Mm-hmm. And then it, it, it makes me more comfortable when I'm actually doing it because I know where lines go and I know what the stencil looks like and, it's smoother for me during the process of actually tattooing you. So I don't have to second guess myself, which means I don't have to go back and cause you more pain and fix areas and 
look back and forth and try and mimic a picture exactly. All right, so we're getting close to the end of this. I think uh, what I'd want you to leave off with is probably your craziest story that you've had of anyone that's walked into the shop. doesn't even have to be a tattoo that you've done. Well, I mean, we're in Brooklyn, so everybody that comes in is crazy. I remember the one lady that you wanted to, like, punch in the face. I remember well. Tell the story. She was, like, an older... I don't even know. Was she, like, on drugs? And again, what was I trying to do? I was trying to accommodate her. And maybe right, you were trying to be too nice. nice. Right. So where other guys would have been like, get the fuck out of my shop. Yeah. I mean, there's a line for everybody. And like, thank God we didn't have to deal with a lot of rude people. No, we don't get anybody that's rowdy. But that's also because people know who we are and what kind of shop we're trying to run. Right. Right. So. You have to tell this one anyway. This is my all-time favorite that I still tell people. Uh, so there was a woman that came in one day. I'll never forget it. It was... It was uh, probably mid-July, hottest time of the year. She was very robust, I guess you could say is the word. Mm -hmm. Um, And she came in, I'm not going to say the type of tattoo or anything, because I don't want to blow up anyone's spot, but it was in a very very discreet area. So I think I was probably like a year in, maybe, a year and a half. I was very new. Some people call it the FUPA. Uh, well, a, lo- a little under the fupa, so I had to like lift the fupa to get to the, to the area. I had to, I had to flap up the fupa, like okay. the, the flupa. So it was just like one of those tattoos where the AC was broken that day. I was nervous and sweating. She was very. I think she was sweating from breathing. I don't, <laughs> I don't know, but the stencils getting wiped off halfway through and. It's just an odor coming through the shop. And it was probably, I want to say, a 20-minute tattoo that took me 45 minutes to an hour just because of the elements. I think I remember you saying that you had to stretch with your forearm. Now, when you when you, <laughs> when you normally have to stretch, you just stretch with your index and your index finger and your thumb. And your thumb you had to I, use his entire forearm. I had to, to use my it. left forearm and my right entire palm <laughs> to stretch. And I, I've, I mean, I've never seen... I've never seen that lady ever again. But the funny part about the story is that my friend came in probably like an hour later and he's like, Oh, what happened? Did you guys order Chinese food? <laughs> and we're like, No. And he's like, Oh, it smells like Chinese food in here. <laughs> and we're like, That's well, not Chinese food. And I told him the whole story. And he's like, Oh, man, that's fucking gross. Yeah. The best is that those people, the smell stays in your nostrils. For oh, like yeah. Until you get home. Hour, or like that's the another next hazard of the job. <laughs> <laughs> so when you lay in bed at night you get a nice little whiff oh it's disgusting of flupa please wash your bodies people so <laughs> please but yeah it's it's a good gig i have a lot of fun uh i don't call it work you know i'm i'm very lucky to do what i do and i'm very happy that i get to do it every day and i get to meet a lot of new people that uh, have a lot of cool jobs and it's all about just making the customer happy you know you're changing people's lives really in a, in a glorified way right um whether it's a memorial tattoo and helping someone like heal internally and going through stages of grief or whether it's just giving someone their first tattoo and like giving them confidence to be like a good person and the best person that they could be right and more times than not, that's exactly how it is. 99.99% yeah, of the time. That's, how that's it is. why I said I'm very lucky to 
to do what I do and be in a position to be able to do it for a living. Awesome. Well, I think you said it best, and I think we'll leave it at that. Sure. You guys can follow him at JoeTemp03 on Instagram. And yep. uh, thanks for taking the time, Joe. Thanks, Mikey. All right. That wraps it up with my brother, Joe Maldonado. You can find this shop, Tempted Inc., in Brooklyn, New York, and on Instagram, at JoeTemp03. You could also go to temptedinc.com to find out more. Tune in next week, where we speak with Jake Meeks from Memphis, Tennessee. And he tells about his experience tattooing a celebrity on a Hollywood movie set. So uh, years ago, I did on-set art for a movie called Black Snake Moan. And working in an old-school biker shop. Oh, man, I remember everyone coming in and dropping acid to start the day one day. Spilled Ink is produced by Fulton Street Music Group. Our producers are Cleo Kolitsopoulos and Alex Fulton. Our music is by Cat Blaster. I'm your host, Mike Maldonado. Follow us on Instagram, at Spilled Ink Official. 